Hallelujah. The Lord is good. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. Where do we live? We live in earth, but we're seated together with him in heavenly places. Amen. So if we're seated next to Christ, and Christ is at the right hand of the Father, and if we need help, all we need to do is lean over and say, Jesus, can you help me with this? Amen. <laughs> Did you guys get that? We're seated together with him in heavenly places. That means that our spirit is with the Lord, and Jesus is there. He's our mediator. He's our high priest. He's the one that speaks for us. He takes our prayers up to the Father, and all he has to do, all we have to do is lean over and say, Jesus, I need your help. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. We got a good message for you today. It's called, I, You Can Decree a Thing. You can declare something and see it come to pass when you're following the will of the Lord and the word of the Lord. So we're going to have uh, Brother Joe Machado come up and give us the scripture. You got to have scriptures, right? I just don't get up here and talk and say all kinds of stuff. I have a scripture that I really, you know, want to use. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> no, he's, he, he, he's playing himself today. Okay, here you go. Good morning, saints. I have scripture. It's under Job 22, verse 21, and 26 through 28. Verse 21. Now acquaint yourself with him. And be at peace, thereby goodwill will come to you. Verse 26. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty, and lift up your face to God. Verse 27. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. Verse 28. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. May God add an, a blessing to the reading of his word. And all God's people say, amen. amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Joe. He was playing himself in that. Amen. So let's pray as we uh, dissect this word. Father, thank you for bringing us together. We ask you, Lord, that you just take hold of our hearts, our minds, to receive what you have to say to us. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So let's look at this scripture, and it's in the book of Job, and I always used to say, can there anything good come out of the book of Job? Because, you know, he went through trials and tribulations for like 38, 39 chapters, but then God came to him. But in the midst of all that, he got counsel, and let's look at what it says here in verse 21. It says, now acquaint yourself with him. Now, acquaint yourself is like a, a phrase that aristocrats used, isn't it? So glad to meet you, to, to make your acquaintance. You ever, you ever, don't you wish to say that sometime, you know, like, glad to make, make your acquaintance, you know, like you're something else. But um, this, is not, this is not a casual thing that polite people say. The Webster's definition is a person whom one knows but is not particularly a close friend to. That's an acquaintance. You know, I'm, I'm acquainted. I, I, I meet, I know them a little bit. But the Bible definition says to show harmony with, to be familiar with, to know intimately, and to dwell with. 
That means you hang out with the Lord. You acquaint yourself. Get to know his ways. Get to know the way he does things. Have the same mind that he has. And that we're able to speak things into existence because we're thinking and acting the same way he is. Doing his word and his will. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. So, <laughs> you know, you really don't know somebody until you dwell with them. I remember when I was in high school and college, you see somebody, oh, he seems like a cool guy. And then you became roommates with him and you go like, he ain't so cool anymore. I don't, he's kind of, you know, not, not so cool. But when you know the Lord, he is cool. Amen. He's the best. But Paul said he became deeply and intimately acquainted with God because he had a relation with him and he took the time to know him. In Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified, I want to read this to you. For my determined purpose is that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. Ooh, is that so good? The wonders of his person. What do we say? To know him is to love him and more strongly and more clearly understand who he is. Now, this doesn't happen by accident. You don't get to know the Lord just casually. It's a determination to say, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to seek you, Lord, with all my heart. Because God is a spirit. We have a spirit. But our spirit has to connect with, their, with his spirit. Amen? And that takes uh, time. So you, how do you acquaint yourself with the Lord? You might ask. <laughs> I have to, you know, <laughs> give the dialogue for you. You read the word. In the Bible is his word, and his word is spirit, and he tells us what he thinks about us. Do you ever remember in high school when you would write a love letter to somebody, or you tell them, you know, that you like them, and they would send a love letter back to you? Amen? And, 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 and sometimes they would say, uh, Chuck, you're, you're special. And then you look at it a little bit more and go, special? What do you mean special? You mean like special to somebody else, or... Special, but not for me? Or does it mean special like you, need, you have special needs, you know, like a special needs guy? Or am I special to you? That's what you want to know. So you want to look in the Word. You study the Word. You draw from the Word and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? How are you talking to me? How do you feel about me? What are the plans you have for me? What are you, what's the provision that you have for me? And when you do that, then you get to know him. Then you get to be able to understand what he, how he feels about you. you know, and, and the Bible says that he operates in good. He says things may come your way, but he'll turn it around for your good. Isn't that good to know? So we learn about the Almighty God by fellowshipping with him. You know what fellowship is, don't you? Guys that have been around a little bit. Fellowship is two fellows in the same ship, Okay. I'll pause and let that sink in, okay? Now, we learn about the Almighty God by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away. The apostles said, oh, no, don't go, don't go. Please don't go. He said, no, it's going to be better because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you, and he'll teach you all things and show you things to come. So happiness is getting to know God a little bit better every day. And if you do that, guess what it says? Good will come to you. You don't have to look for good. Good will come to you. I like that, don't you? When people call you up and say, you know, hey, we got a job. Uh, maybe you could apply at this, you know, position. 
Or, hey, uh, I got a car, and the Lord told me to give you this car. Or the Lord told me to give, give this to you or whatever. That's good coming to you. You don't have to go and seek it. God says, I like you so much, I'm going to give you some stuff. I'm going to cause for people to want to give you things. That, that's, a, that's a good place to say amen, amen. <laughs> I know one time we were at home. And, you know, in my earlier days, you know, we, we had to really scratch for every penny. I mean, it was like, okay, we believe God every day. <laughs> and so I wanted to take my wife out one day, one weekend, didn't have the money. I said, Lord, I just want to take your daughter out. And this guy sent me $500 from Atlanta, Georgia. I go like, how did that happen? He said the Lord impressed upon him when I prayed for him at one time that he got rid of his uh, diabetes and his high blood pressure. And he said the Lord was reminding him, and he sent it to me from Atlanta, Georgia. Good. We'll come to you. Amen. Praise God. Praise you want some good to come to you? Amen. Okay. I'm trying, you know, trying to you know, get a little dialogue going here. You can say amen. You can you know, <laughs> applaud. You can say, preacher, brother. That's right. Tell. That's the truth. Go ahead, Lord. Okay, so, okay, what does it mean to lift your face to God? Don't look down. Don't look down. Exactly right. There you go. <laughs> when a man hangs his head down, he's unhappy. It's the attitude of misery. You've seen people like, oh, oh, woe is me, you know. I am a, I am a Christian, but, you know, I'm being tested. I'm being tried. Life, why is life? Hitting me this way. Well, life's not hitting you this way. God wants to renew and restore you. So you lift your face towards God, looking for deliverance, looking for safety, looking for rest, and expecting both grace and glory from his right hand. Amen? Amen. He will hear you, the Bible says. That's good news. Some people say, I, it seems like a glass ceiling. It seems like I can't get my prayers to God. He said he'll hear you. When you do what? Acquaint yourself with him. Amen. Have fellowship with him. He said, I'm open. my ears are open to your cry. I like that. Amen? I, I get, I'm starting to get a new kind of relationship with the Lord. I'm starting to like talk to him like he's there, <laughs> like he's listening. Amen? Like, like I can share things with him. Yes. Praise God. Yes. So he will hear you. And so make a vow means the things that you have promised to do for him, you will do it. Now, I've learned, now the Bible says don't make a vow that you can't keep, right? But I've learned, don't make the vow by yourself. Say, Lord, can you help me do this? And when you ask him to help you, all of a sudden now it's a dual thing. It's a mutual thing. They're, you're doing it together. So you can't take the, 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 the glory and you can't take the shame. Now, this is found in the Bible when God confronted Abimelech. You remember Abimelech, Abraham? was being, uh, leaving his land, and Abimelech said, I like that girl Sarah. <laughs> and Abraham said, oh, she's my sister, you know, because if you said she's my wife, you might kill her, kill me. So he said, she's my sister. So as time went on, uh, God spoke to Abimelech. You'd think he would go to Abraham and say, Abraham, you need to straighten that out, okay? You're lying here. You know, she's not your sister. She's your half-sister, so that's a half-truth. Anybody ever tell half-truths? <laughs> All the time. Amen? <laughs> but I like about this, this about God. He, I'm a, he's acquainted himself. The Bible says Abraham was a friend of God. 
I've seen God bail me out when I didn't deserve it. When I was dead wrong, and you just, you could look at it on the email, you're wrong. And God said, I'm, I'll take care of you. You're my child. So God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken. She is another man's wife. Abimelech said, What are you talking about? They told me they were sisters and brothers. She said the same thing. He's my brother. Why are you coming to me? In the integrity of my heart, I did not touch her. And God said to him in a dream, Yeah, I know you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld from you sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. What's he saying? God was helping him not sin. Who's going to help you not sin? God. You can't have integrity without God being with you. You, you can't walk on the straight and narrow. David said, creating me a new heart, creating me a new spirit. Give me your life and your desire to want to please you. That means when you guys and girls are on the Internet and you see things that you're not supposed to see, as soon as you see them, get out of there. Don't be looking and saying, hmm, that looks pretty bad. Let's see what, what are they, no. You don't want that in your mind. You don't want it in your eyes. You don't want it in your heart. Get it out right away. The intent, God said, I'll help you. Titus 2.10 says, right, the grace of God has appeared to all men, bringing salvation, teaching us to deny ungodliness. You know, you have to keep yourself separated from the world. So easy to creep in. You just go to the market and look at the magazines, and you start going, like, what, what is she wearing? Holy cow. You know, you know, they're at a gala event or Academy Awards, and oh, so bold in her dress. No, it's just that's sinning in her dress, okay? <laughs> so if you do all these things, what's the prerequisite? Acquaint yourself with him. Delight yourself in the Almighty. Pay your vows. Do what you said you're going to do. I know when I was first saved, I said, Lord, I'm going to just be perfect, okay? Just help me be perfect. And, and so in communion time, it says to examine yourself. Every month I would examine myself, and I wasn't living up to par. And I said, Lord, help me this month to do better. Every month, oh, Lord, help me to do better. Well, finally, it took hold. Sometimes it takes a while to get your life straight. When you first get saved, you know, your mind is running wild from the world. You have to, like, deep, decompress, decompose yourself and get the good things in your mind and your heart going. So the prerequisite for declaring, like we said, be acquainted with him, know his ways and his plans, fellowship with him, delight yourself in him, pay your vows, your commitments, and you will be speaking the same thing as God. How many of you married people, you'd be driving in the car, you'd be thinking a thought, and your spouse about a minute later will be saying the same thing? What are we going to do about this? How about that? Rudy and Gina said, yeah, Rudy said, Gina, get out of my head. <laughs> it could just be a random thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking it, and they say it. Why is that? Because you're joined together. You're in union. So when you see people, God will speak to your heart and say, you know, why don't you go minister to them? Or maybe they need some money, or maybe they need to hear a good word. They look down. You know, God wants to use us. Praise God. So, uh, well, the, the Apostle Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ 
Jesus. So if you do those things, this is where it's going to start getting good. You ready to start getting good? So if you do those things, you will declare a thing and it will be established for you. What? Are you, what? Is, that, is that what it says right there? You shall declare a thing and it shall come to pass. God says, I put my word in your mouth so that you can speak it. I want you to command things to happen. He said, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. Isaiah 45, 11. Do we have it up there? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. You command me. We're workers together with him. He wants us to move as sons and daughters of God, to speak life into situations, not just to take it, oh, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, no, no. Take authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go ye into all the world and minister and say things that are supposed to come to pass. Now, remember in Mark uh, chapter 11, God said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What did God say? You, 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 you speak to the mountain. Don't tell me about the mountain. You speak to the mountain. You declare a thing. I, God, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that my finances are coming. I thank you that, Lord, everything is working out for my good. I thank you that my children are saved. I thank you that my husband is saved. I thank you, Lord God, that I have the provision that is needed for me. I thank you, Lord God, that I serve you with all my heart and soul and strength and might. Amen? You shall believe those things, and you shall declare it. Remember Moses? See, God works with us. Remember Moses got to the edge of the Red Sea, and he started talking about God. Oh, God is so great. God is so merciful. He, he's so powerful. He's going to deliver us. And what did God say? Stop talking. Stretch forth your hand and watch that Red Sea part. God couldn't move until Moses said something. God can't move in your life until you say something. He will listen to you, and he'll work. He said, command ye me concerning the works of my hand. You tell me what you want. I like that, isn't it? You, you tell me. Praise God. So he said, don't pray about the mountain. You. Now, now I learned this. You know, you learn from men of God. I've been around a while. And so I hear stories, and I talk to people, and there's a guy named Buddy Harrison. He, uh, he formed a... a, a publishing company called Harrison House. And so they were at a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was outside in the parking lot. And so it rains in Tulsa, Oklahoma a lot. And so they're in the parking lot. There's no cover. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden he sees the rain clouds coming. He goes, oh, no, this, is not, this can't be good. And so he starts confessing, or he starts thinking to himself, I got these men of God here. I got all these great preachers. They're on the platform. Surely they'll say something. Surely they'll command the rain to stop. And they're not. They're talking. They're looking over their Bibles. And he's going like, Lord, what's, what's up with this? God told him, you're in charge of this meeting. You command a thing to happen. So he said, Lord, I command this rain to cease right now in the name of Jesus. Hold forth your rain in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Now, prior to that, it was raining. It was raining so bad that the, they were on a slope, and the water was coming down the, the slope, and people were, like, getting their, you know, like, lifting up their trousers, and the water was... All of a sudden, when he said that, everything stopped. And I said, hmm, you mean we have control over the weather? Do we? Remember Jesus when he was on the, sh on the ship? He said, and the disciples came to him when there was a great storm. He said, uh, Jesus, carest thou not that we perish? Isn't that so Elizabethan? Carest thou not that we perish? Me and Don be like, Jesus, we're going to die, okay? Wake up, come on. Don't you care? We're going to die here. Now, that's a bad thing to say because surely Jesus didn't want them to die. He died for them. So he woke up, and what did he say? He commanded the wind to cease, and he commanded the sea, be calm. He spoke it. And then he looked at his disciples and said, oh, ye of little faith. Why did he say that? Because he wanted them to say it. He wanted them to speak it, because he said, let's go to the other side. And so he said, they said, let's go to that uh, Mark scripture. Well, first he said, let's go to the other side. Keep Keep scrolling. And look at the bottom. It says, oh, carest thou not that we are perishing? And then the next one. He rose and rebuked the wind. I like that. So that was the devil, right? You, you rebuked the devil, right? I rebuke you, wind. And I said to the sea, you be calm. You, you, you shut up. <laughs> and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Have you ever had the Lord speak that to you? I have. Why, 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 where is your faith? Why, why don't you speak it? And then so here's what the disciples said. They feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What manner of man is that? The same manner of man that you should be. Speak to situations. Speak to the weather. So every Sunday, I look at the weather during the winter especially. I look at it. Oh, 80% chance of rain on Sunday. I said, no, this ought not be. It is Sunday, the Lord's Day. And it's called Sunday for a reason. There's supposed to be sun on this day. Amen? So I said, Lord, <laughs> I command that rain to not come to us on Sunday in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, for years and years, we've had clear skies on Sunday. Not because it's just the way it is. It's because the way God said it. And I like the weathermen. They get up there. They go, well, uh, looks like rain this weekend, so prepare get your umbrellas out and your galoshes and get ready for some rain. And then after we pray on Monday, they go, well, we don't know really what happened. <laughs> but God has done a great thing. Amen. So you can command it. I even asked the Lord this. Maybe you've often, often thought this. When does the dew come? In the morning. In the morning, right? So I asked the Lord, why don't you have it rain at night so the day we can enjoy ourselves? That's a, that's a good question, isn't it? And guess what? He started doing that. I started seeing rain at night and then dry skies during the day. We're workers together with them. He said, that's a good idea, Pastor Chuck. I'm glad I thought of that. <laughs> so in our prayer meeting on Wednesday, when we're praying over you,
We're not saying, Lord, uh, we pray that you'll bless the people. We pray that our children will be taught of the Lord. No, we declare it. We say, our children, they will hear and obtain the future and destiny that you've called them to be. They are excited to win others for Christ. They are choosing Christian godly friends. They are doing well in school. We command it to happen in them. They are obedient to their parents. Not try to be obedient. Oh, just try. Oh, do the best you can. No, God says obey your father and your mother. Don't try to obey. You obey. God doesn't like say make excuses and say like, you know, well, do the best you can. You know, hit, hit it sometimes. No, you obey. They are, are, they are excited to go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday, amen? amen? That's the way they say it back home. Every, every Sunday. We went to church every Sunday. <laughs> I was telling the church last, last night that, you know, one guy said, man, I had, uh, I had drug parents when I was growing up. You know, they drug me to church on Sunday. They drug me to church on Wednesday. <laughs> so... You can command a thing, and it will happen. I, I hope I'm drilling this into you good enough, right? Notice the term drill. You know, I'm pressing it into you so that there's no mistake. There's no, you know, I wonder what he was trying to say. I'm trying to tell you that you have control over your life. God will back you up. Let you command it concerning the works of his hands, and he will fulfill it. Amen. This is good news to me. Amen. Now, I wish it happened a little more quicker than it does. I know when I was believing for it to heal a cancer, it took me a while. It took me like a month and a half of continually saying it day after day, every day, all day. I know Maggie, she, we used to carpool, and I'd be having my hand on my throat, and i command this to go in Jesus' name. And after about a month, she said she got tired of it. She said, haven't you gotten rid of that yet? <laughs> no, but I'm not giving up. Praise God. So... Let's look at an extreme case in the Bible. You ready to look at an extreme case? Thank you. Let's look at Joshua 10.8. The Lord, now, Joshua was being attacked by five kings. Five kings with their armies. That's pretty, that's a hefty amount of people, isn't it? Five kings with their armies coming against Joshua. And God said to Joshua, don't fear. Don't worry about it. I got this under control. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man will stand in this battle. You're going to wipe them all out. That was the promise. So let's look at it in verse 8. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. And Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night. Have you ever marched all night? No, in the army, all night, from Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road, and it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord cast down hailstones from heaven on them as far as Ezekiel, and they died. Now check this out. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Wait a minute, is that a misprint? They're, the army's fighting. And God said, you guys aren't doing very good. But I have a command that you guys are going to win. No man will stand before you. So what did God have to do? He had to get some hailstones. 
just happen to have some right here. Look out. Look out. Look out. Wait a minute. I got to get my hailstones out. He's, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty bad looking. Wait a minute. Hold on. God's got to get his hailstones out. Okay. Hey. 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 Ah. Get out of here. And geez. Ah, go, 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 go. I'm getting pretty. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, he's dead. <laughs> For those of you at home, we got a dead body on the aisle here. God fulfilled his prophecy. He wasn't. He wasn't, they weren't able to overcome Joshua because God gave a command. And God said, you know what? I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do because you went out in faith. Now, look at, so Joshua spoke to the Lord, said they couldn't, they couldn't catch him. They couldn't catch him in time, and the sun was going down. So what did Joshua do? Check this out in verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day. When the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, stand still. Son, stand still. Son, stand still. And moon in the valley of Ajon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped. So the people had revenge upon their enemies. Now, if you know the sun and the moon had to stop, all the other planets had to stop as well, didn't they? Otherwise, they would hit each other like billiard balls and just boom, boom, boom. But everything stopped. All the earth, all the planets, everything stopped. And it says here, is it not written in the book of Joshua? The sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down before a whole day. And there had been no day like this where the Lord heeded the voice of a man. The Lord heeded Joshua. God wants you to speak, and he'll back you up. You notice he didn't pray to God? He already knew what God wanted him to do, and he said, I got to get creative. I can't let the sun go down. I got to hold the sun till I catch these guys, and he did. What do you need to command in your life? What things need to change? What, how can you rearrange your life? It's by the words of your mouth. Amen? So, in conclusion... The four principles for decreeing are acquaint yourself with the Lord, delight yourself in Him, pay your vows, and decree or declare a thing, and it shall come to pass. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that as we come before you that we can change our lives and our situations according to your word. This is not name it or claim it. This is getting in line with your word so that we can do the things that you have called us to do. So, Father, we ask you that you just impart this to your people, that they have a desire to speak to situations and watch them come to pass because of your power and your glory in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that there, if there's people here or on the broadcast that have not received you, they can by accepting you into their heart. Just ask the Lord to come into your heart, be Lord of your life, to forgive you of all sins, and watch him change your life. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen.